It's only for a bit. Nothing's going on here. Hendrick. In the photos, it didn't look so shitty. You could spend the next days exploring. What's there to explore in this dump in the town? My name is Friedrich. Everybody calls me Fritz. It sounds cooler. Why are you talking so weird? You're from the city, right? Dude, what's your problem? What's my problem? There's a ghost. We're the new neighbors. Let's see if you last longer than the others. Family trauma and bad eyes and Yeah, come on. That was 40 years ago. In town, they say this place is haunted. Hendrik, please. Mama, This is Hendrik. He's from the city, and his brother is possessed by a ghost. It doesn't really look that scary. Yeah, well, you should see it at night. Want me to stay over? You don't really believe in all this ghost stuff, do you? You saw them for yourself. I don't know what they were. Hello, we have a murder case that we have to solve. Oh, hello. I mean, assuming these ghosts exist. There's only one way to find out. Now, everyone join hands. We're a small town. We handle things ourselves. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike, and joining me, as always, it's Mr. Venom. How are you doing, Venom? Greetings and salutation, haunted house lovers. How you doing, Mike? I'm, I'm doing okay. Hard day of work, so I'm a little tired, so I might not bring my normal energy today, but otherwise, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going well. M- Mondays have become, like, the busy day for me, just because now that mm-hmm. we switched our recording time, I have, like, a gap between when I get off work and when we start recording, so I try to use that to, like, get to the grocery store and... The 90 minutes is enough time, but you sometimes, like, tonight, I was cutting it close where it's, like, I'm I'm walking to the door with, like, 10 minutes to go trying to, like, put away groceries and stuff, so. Mm. Uh, but now, you know, after next week with um, football, we'll be officially over after the Super Bowl, then I can probably start just trying to go to the grocery store on Sundays because there are times when I do that, but, you know, sometimes the weekends end up doing just fun or resting or whatever and it's like i don't even want to go to the grocery store i don't know and now that the world's opening up again it's like the grocery store is becoming like the headache that it hasn't been for like almost a year and a half for me (laughs) because now it's like more normal amounts of people are there it's just like oh yeah now i remember how much it sucked before but uh (laughs) that's enough dad life update for me don how are you always uh, joining us as well? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Yeah, always fun to be here. Cool. All right. Well, tonight we will be discussing, and I don't think we ever said it on the show uh, that we had picked it, but uh, this we almost covered this last week, but then um, Rickwin came out, and, uh, you know, Don was like, we're doing it, so... 
I was not going to put up. I was not going to get between Dawn and a shark. I'll tell you that much. So uh, <laughs> we pushed this one back, you know, assuming there is nothing uh, coming out this past week that, you know, really wanted to uh, grabbed us. Um, so we uh, just moved this a week back, and it is called – well, go, it goes by The Scary House, The Strange House, and then the German title, which I – it's like Das something House. Das Strange House. There, there you go. They did it pretty well. Um, and, and let's see. Synopsis is way too long. So – Basically, a family new to town uh, moves into a house, and what do you know? The house has a history, and that history has come to the present to haunt them for whatever reason, which we find out through the course of the movie. Um, I mean, I could get more detailed, but why? I mean, it's a haunted house movie. I I will say, uh, you know, going into, before we get to general thoughts, I would consider this... I wouldn't consider this like a kids horror movie necessarily, but it is, I would say, suitable for a younger audience. Um, you know, every every I'd parents call it a family, family. Yeah, family that's that's movie, probably yeah. the word I was looking for. Family horror. Uh, there's nothing too over the top crazy. It, it, it could still scare like little kids, um, but definitely family horror um, through and through. And it yeah, looks like what this is Austria is the country of origin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd say this is at least for like seven or eight and above with parental supervision. Yeah. yeah, maybe even a little older. Some of the dream sequences with the slugs may be a little uh, intense. Yeah, but yeah, otherwise, uh, otherwise, yeah, you're right. Well, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, that that could probably be one of the things. I mean, yeah, trying to avoid spoilers this early, but yeah, just when mm-hmm. you said that, yeah, I was thinking, it just reminded me. Yeah, that can probably be maybe ten. I would say would probably be like a yeah. more appropriate age. Probably, yeah. Right around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's plenty um, just to set everything up. So we will get into general thoughts. Uh, we will kick it to Venom. So, Venom, what did you think of the movie with three titles? All right. So um, this movie, this is going to be a weird review because most of what I'm going to come to the table with is sounds kind of negative but i am going to start right my review by saying this isn't necessarily a bad movie what this is is one of the most trope filled horror movies i've seen in over 10 years i mean there are so many tropes in this movie like within a half hour of the start of the film i think i counted about 15 or 16 horror tropes and at that point i just got sick of counting and i'm like all right that's it i gotta stop And the movie doesn't really let up. It goes, it's literally a giant trope. One trope leading into another trope, leading into another trope. I mean, you know, the movie starts out with, you know, tell me if you've heard this before. A single parent family moving into a shithole in the middle of the country because of uh, their financial situation uh, is suddenly, you know, haunted by the spirits of the house. I mean, right there that's already the first trope then you've got the siblings where the older sibling is pissed off about moving and he lost all his friends and blah blah and there's nothing to do here um to the point where he we eventually get the same argument that we always get in these movies and we get the line that i hate so much if dad were still alive none of this would have happened yeah no shit sherlock if i mean yeah if your father was still alive you wouldn't be moving into a haunted house so we all know this it's it's something that doesn't need to be said i understand he's young he's a high school kid i don't know 
anywhere from like four, 15 to 17, maybe somewhere in that range. But it just the, the, the tropes just were bothering me so much. And, and there are so many tropes. A lot of them I can't get into here. I'll have to wait for the spoiler section. But this movie is literally an hour and 40 minutes of been there, done that. It brings very little to the horror genre. It brings absolutely nothing to the haunted house subgenre. It's it's literally. Um, oof, no, OK, I won't say that. Um, what I will say, though, is that the movie is beautiful. The movie is very well made from a technical standpoint. It's a beautiful movie. It's got a really nice opening credit sequence with some really cool images mixed in with um, like family photo images and things like that. There's a really cool transition at the end of the credits where it goes from a shot of the wallpaper and it kind of fades into the road and a car kind of driving down the road in between the pattern on the wallpaper. So, I mean, there are some nice shots in here. Um, it's obviously a mountain setting, so again, you know, it's it's not that hard to have nice cinematography when you have a beautiful locale, and that's exactly what we have here. I don't have any major problems with any of the performances. Um, again, this movie is in German. It's an Austrian film um, shot in German, and so maybe I'm a little bit more forgiving because I don't understand the language word for word. Maybe I'm a little bit more forgiving of line deliveries and performances and things like that. But from what I could see, everybody in the movie was fine. Um, but like I said, it's just so much been there, done that, that it, it almost hurt uh, any rating that I would give this movie would be hurt because of that. Um, I would probably say if you've been a horror fan for less than 10 years, I would recommend this movie because it might be a lot of new stuff that you've never seen done. But if you're one of us old farts where you've been watching horror movies for 30, 40 plus years, there, this movie has nothing to offer you. Some good performances, yes, a, a you know, a, a decent score, not memorable by any stretch, but a decent little score. And like I said, the technical aspects are all flawless. It's a beautiful movie as far as um, you know, what what we see on film and the sound design, all of it. It's just very, very been there, done that. I know I've said this a lot, but unfortunately, that's going to be my main point of this movie is that um, by the end of the movie, I felt like I had run a marathon because I just wanted this movie to end. It's like I know where it's going. You know where, like I said, if you've been watching horror movies for any amount of time, you know where the story is going. You know what the next reveal is going to be. You know where it's going to end. And and you can almost, I almost called out the last shot in the movie. I'm like, there's going to be a shot where blank, blankety, blank, blank. And it fucking happened. Exactly. And I'm like, God damn it. I don't like when I can pick out the endings of these movies ahead of time. So yeah, I would say, like I said, if you're either news or the horror genre, or if you've got kids that you kind of want to introduce the horror genre to, this might be a good movie to, uh, to kind of lean towards. Of course, um, if you're an American parent, you probably don't, you know, gravitate towards foreign horror for introducing your kids to horror. But um, if you were to do that, I, you know, I, I would recommend this movie. But like I said, if you're a guy like me who's been watching these movies for decades, doesn't have any kids, um, it, it, it just like the whole time I'm just like, oh, I've seen this before in this movie, this movie and this movie. OK, I've seen this and that movie and that movie. 
It's literally this movie is just a conglomeration of every haunted house super slash supernatural horror movie that you've ever seen. But of course, without the violence, it is a family film, as we say. I, I wouldn't go like, like Mike said, I wouldn't go so far as to call it a quote unquote kids movie. Because for the first like half hour to 40 minutes, they are playing it very straight, very, um, you know, the, the, the house, you know, there's some tense moments with hauntings and things like that. But it's like once they introduce a character named Fritz and we realize that Fritz is kind of the comic relief of this film, the movie instantly starts to feel like a made for TV family horror film. Um, not to say that the quality uh, uh, dips down necessarily. No, not at all. The movie looks great beginning to end. It, it's just it, it it's just not really an adult horror film in any way, shape, or form. Um, like I said, if you have kids, then it might be something that you want to check out. But otherwise, I can't really recommend this movie to too many people. As I've and then the other thing is too, if you're a horror fan who's more forgiving of tropes, like they don't bother you as much as they might bother somebody like me, then check out the movie. You might like it. If tropes don't bother you, then you won't get as frustrated with this movie as I got. I was incredibly frustrated just because like at every corner I knew what was going to happen next and it's like, "Ah, oh, why am I watching this? Why am I spending an hour and 40 minutes of my time and I already know how it's going to end?" But of course, we are movie reviewers, so we got to finish it uh, just in case they do happen to throw a swerve at us. But nah, no swerve, no surprise reveal. No, I mean, you know, obviously the, 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 the identity of the main antagonist maybe is a little bit of a reveal. But even that is a trope in and of itself, but which I can't really get into what trope it is here until we get to the spoiler section. But yeah, I'm just going to say this is a solid movie. It looks fun. It looks great. Um, you know, looks like a, like they had a decent budget. There's not really a whole lot of effects here either. So it's not like you're really judging a lot of CGI or monster effects or anything. So it looks like a high budget movie and it very well may be in, uh, in Austria for all I know, but it's just not anything that I would recommend to, you know, anybody who's been watching horror for even a few years. But like I said, if the tropes don't bother you, check it out. But yeah, for me, it was a little bit of a drag and I don't see myself ever returning to this one. So that's it for me for general. All right, let's go on over to Don. What did you think? All right. Um, I'm kind of in league with Venom, but I'm I'm probably going to be a little softer on the film because um, I'm one of those. I don't find the tropes as bad. Now, bear in mind, folks, when he's telling you that there's 15 tropes in this thing within the first 10 minutes. I think he's underselling it because I counted about <laughs> I, I, I counted more than that and yeah, my head started hurting. Yeah. And I it was almost at the point where I was like, Mike, are we really going to review this fucking thing? <laughs> but I, I, I gave it a chance. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not like a things kind of a person where I'm going to turn it off in 30 minutes because I've got better things to do with my life. <laughs> and I, I'm glad I gave it a shot because it did start winning me over. Um, a lot of the scares, I think, are, you know, on the tamer side, um, if they could even be called scares. Um, it, it I, I felt it dwelled more in tension and atmosphere rather than like general creepiness, which um, I, I, I kind of enjoyed because... That's one of the few things I enjoy with haunted house films. It's just, it, it's so hard to say much more about this just because like he said, this thing is just so predictable and it's so tropey and it's, it, it, it almost got to the point where I was rolling my eyes. It's like, 
are people is there anything like this that can actually exist because it's hitting every single note beat for beat to the point where I, I'm not sure if it's just a lost in translation thing, or if it's something that the subtitles mixed up, but yeah, I, I was like Venom. I mean, I was like really just counting off every single trope and cliche that was brought before. And I, I'm not the person that does that. I, I, I get in, I go on and I, you know, I immerse myself in the universe that's being created. And I just, I was overwhelmed by every single trope and cliche that this kind of format sets up. But, uh, like I said, the one thing that I was interested in was a lot of the, um, like I said, a lot of the atmosphere that they brought about. It, it, it was really kind of interesting because it felt more like it was a film that was just toned down rather than being something that was like originally family friendly. Like it, it felt more like it was an adult story that just had that just somewhat happened to have like a child character as the center of protagonist and then, you know, no violence on them you know, like mm-hmm. tone the scares down. It, it didn't feel like a kid friendly film. It just felt, it felt like more of a traditional horror film just with a kid protagonist and, you know, no violence or sleaze or any of that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, on, on the whole, I, I, I agree with a lot of what Venom said. I'm just, I'm not as low on it. I'm probably a little higher, but I mean, I'm probably thinking if we were to do something like this, he gives us a five, I'd probably give it like a six, six and a half or something. I mean, I'm not entirely sure if that's where he's going, but that's kind of like where I am, like maybe just slightly above. Not much, but yeah, that's what I'm saying is that I've kind of gotten that feeling if we were going to be, if we were doing rating systems, that's how it would be. So yeah, Yeah, um, I I, I really don't know much more else to say, but um, at least at this part of the game. Okay, so for me, I'm probably right there about with both of you guys. I I honestly look at a movie like this, and I feel like this one is specifically made for like newer horror fans or younger horror fans, people mm-hmm. that are just now getting into horror, because like, uh, like it's already been said, there's really nothing in this movie story-wise, scares-wise, haunted house movie-wise that you haven't seen before um it's definitely um the style is catered you know towards a younger crowd um nothing of too much consequence really happens to any of our characters i believe i want to say that other than what gets revealed about who's already dead that there might not even be any kills in this movie Uh, maybe i'm forgetting something that happens but um uh, but yeah, father, I mean, unless we count the father, but yeah, I mean, yeah. we didn't really see that's, it in the movie, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that yeah, when you yeah, count him, then yeah, that's kind of the only real one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I will say, like, I feel like for what the movie's trying to be, it's well done. Like, I think Venom said, like, it it looks really pretty. It, it's well shot. I, I think for the most part, I like the characters. Um, I, I felt there was one character, like, once our kind of kid group forms um there's one character to me that's just kind of wasted they're there to like round out the group but Mm -hmm. i'm trying to like look back at what they actually do through the course of the movie and i'm like uh i guess they just needed (laughs) this person there well they they needed someone who knew (laughs) yeah they needed someone who knew slovenian (laughs) 
That's the only yeah, reason exactly. that character in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah, you're right. I guess that they gave them that specific uh, skill for no particular... Like, I don't even know if they got into that person's past. Like, there's a reason they just happen to know, and I can't remember, or they just did. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like I said, or like you guys said, lots of tropes. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I wish if if either one of my kids would have been interested in watching this, I would have been interested to see what they thought of it only because, you know, they don't have the extensive background in watching similar movies to this. So maybe for a fresh set of eyes that has no reference point for haunted house movies, they would enjoy it better. Cause I could see them getting a kick out of like the helper character or like the, the sleuth character, I guess I'll yeah. call him. Um, you know, for them, that might be like the first time they're seeing that in this type of movie, other than like, you know, Disney style stuff. So for them, you know, it could be like a, a new thing and lead them to more stuff. But for people who've just seen Haunted House movie after Haunted House movie, I, you know, it's it might not have the same effect. But I thought everyone, for the most part, did a good job for what they were given in the script. Uh, you know, the story pretty much wraps up pretty predictably. Uh, no real surprises with anything i mean i guess they i guess there is one character that you find out something about that person later on you're like okay i I guess that's a reveal but (laughs) it doesn't really matter in the long run (laughs) honestly no it doesn't (laughs) yeah because nothing really comes of it and you know and and it's a type of movie that you could tell that it's meant to be a softer movie because the way everything just kind of wraps up neatly at the end it's like yeah the yeah okay yeah but, but and then again like i i feel like that's all the movie is trying to be in the first place and um yeah like i'll say what it does it does fine it's just mm-hmm. you've seen it before and uh you, you know you'll you'll see it again <laughs> probably so i'd be interested to see what like a 10 11 12 year old new horror fan has to say about something like this like I, I was actually, I, I I was surprised that you didn't say you went back and watched it again with your older daughter, thinking that she might be of that age. But because uh, it is fairly friendly, yeah. There's a couple of intense scenes. Like I said, there's a dream sequence in there that might be a little intense for younger audiences. No blood or gore or anything like that. Just you know, lots of bright colors and you know some gross stuff with slugs going on. Blah blah blah. But yeah, for the most part, it's a fairly straightforward horror. Uh, you know, family horror and. That would probably be about the only way I'd ever want to rewatch it again is to see what like a really young person might think of it. Because, you know, uh, when you're when you're first starting out in the genre, tropes aren't tropes to you yet. You know, it's all new. Mm -hmm. Everything is new, you know. Um, So maybe this movie could be the type of film that turns on a young uh, movie watcher and turns him into a horror fan. I could see that happening. I really could. I mean, the movie is very slick. Like I said, it looks just as pretty as any Marvel or Disney movie out there. It's just as well shot. Um, like I said, it's just um, for longtime horror fans, you're, you're just not really going to find a whole lot of originality to it. Um, but, but like Mike says, what they do, they do well. It's, you know, very well shot, very well scored, fairly well written. I would have liked to have seen maybe uh, some more intricate plot points for this particular story. Cause you know, like I said, you, you as, as a hardcore long time horror fan, I mean, you're going to pick out every plot point coming before it happens. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, right. I mean, even <laughs> what's funny, too, is as soon as the older kid started bitching at his mom, I'm like, I literally said out loud in my house, OK, where's the bullies? And guess what? Within three fucking minutes, the bullies showed up. I'm like, ah, trope number 347. There it is. It's like it's just too much. When a movie is that predictable, it sucks all the enjoyment out of it, at least for someone like me. Like I said, um, Don obviously doesn't have as many issues with the the tropiness of it as I do. So he was able to enjoy it a little bit more than me. Um, And I'm sure there's people out there who are 100 percent forgiving of tropes who may actually love this film and good for them. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with anybody who said they love this film and it was one of their favorites of the year because this movie speaks to a particular section of the horror community. And that, of course, is the younger section. So, yeah, Mm. you know, even though a lot of what I'm going to what I've already said and what I'm going to say moving forward is going to sound negative. Ultimately, it is still a very well-made movie. Um, So if you're into filmmaking, um, I would check it out. But like I said, if you're just like a, you know, a longtime horror fan who's just looking for that new cool thing that people are going to be talking about one, five, ten years from now, uh, unfortunately, this movie is not that. But again, it could mean a lot to a certain horror viewer, too. So I don't want to take anything away from the film just because I didn't enjoy it as much. And yeah, just a couple quick things. Uh, the director he he worked as an editor on Attack of the Lederhosen Zombies. So, <laughs> I thought that so, name was familiar. Yeah, I, 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 love Attack, I love Attack of the Lederhosen Zombies. I thought that guy looked familiar. Okay. Yeah, I got a kick out of that one. It's a pretty funny and. Yeah, what well, Venom? You haven't heard of that? Oh, no, we reviewed it. Yeah, Mike and I reviewed that for. Oh, um, you were acting as for a, Jason Lloyd's. Act- Oh, because you were acting as if you'd never heard of it and you were just la- laughing at the title. Oh, no, no. Oh. I saw I saw Lederhosen Zombies as soon as it came out. I mean, when I saw the title, I laughed, but I'm like, I have to see this. Oh, it's kind of okay. like well, Attack no, of the... Yeah, you're... Well, mm-hmm. no, because your reaction made it seem like you were just laughing at the ludicrousness of the title. Oh, no, I'm laughing at the never ludicrousness mind, yeah. of the movie. <laughs> that scene oh. when they're in the club and all the zombies are dancing? Oh, Come on. God. Come on. That was yeah. hysterical. Yeah. That was so funny. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, but, he also did a, some editing on um, Party Hard, Die Young. Yeah. So the thing is, like, if it, I was looking at other stuff he's directed. He hasn't directed a ton, but mm-hmm. if to me, like, when I watch a movie like this, it it's directed well enough where, like, I would like to see him, you know, with some harder material, you know, like something sure. more story driven and fleshed out, just to see what he could do. Because I like, I feel like he did a good enough job as a director. Um, with the material he had to work with that, like, sure, give him something, you know, a little rough around the edges and see what he can do. Yeah, sure. Uh, sorry, I keep giggling. I, I keep thinking about the dancing zombies. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just, I had forgotten about that scene for years, and now I remember how much it tickled me to see these idiots. Like, they were dancing to, like, techno music, too, which just made it even better. Ah, god damn it. <laughs> I might have to watch that now. Yeah, um, if there's I know, anything it's been this, a while. If there's anything that this show has done, it's uh, brought about the um, interest in later Attack of the Later Host and Zombies, so see that one so. instead of this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if you're an, an adult horror fan, at least you're going to find Later Host and Zombies really, really fun. It's silly. I mean, obviously, right from the title, you don't expect The Exorcist. You know, you expect a silly, fun, good time, and that's exactly what you get. So anyway, back to the movie of the night. 
the strange house. Ah, what do you say? Spoiler time? I think so. All right. Well, there's not really. Like I said, if you've been watching horror movies for any amount of time, there's not really many spoilers to this movie. We've already discussed single parent family uh, moves into a shitty house in the middle of the, of the country, you know, separated from the from, you know, the world. Maybe not the world. There is a small town near there, but it's kind of just it's more like a village type thing. Um you know, obviously they move into the house, the older, it's two brothers, um, Eddie and uh, Hendrick. Uh, Hendrick is the older brother, Eddie is the younger brother. Um, one thing I will give Hendrick is that at least he legitimately loves his brother. Like, because I was also expecting that trope of the big brother who just kind of makes fun of his little brother and pokes him and tries to scare him in the haunted house and things like that. But no, nah, Hendrick was pretty solid when it came to his his bond with his younger brother. So I'll at least give him credit for that. That's one trope that they at least avoided. So that's a good thing. But I mean, like I said, um, they get to the town. Uh, the kid goes to his first day of school or, or not school, but he goes out for the first time and he ends up finding like a recreational area, like a, like a, uh, a lake or like a beach type area where all the young people are hanging out. And of course he gets, you know, uh, bothered by some bullies, a group of like five to six of them. One thing that I found crazy about these bullies is that they got no problem throwing punches the day they meet you. Like, literally, it felt like they knew each other three minutes before the main bully punched Hendrick in the nose. It's like, damn, these bullies don't waste any time. So I guess that was a little different, but still. They don't, they don't should... like city folk. I yeah, guess. go figure. Well, they don't like <laughs> Germans. That's the thing that we didn't yeah. actually mention is that Hendrick and his family are German, and this movie takes place in a village in the south of Austria. So throughout the movie, they're called Krauts, which I guess would be you know the N word for German people. So yeah, there there is definitely some uh, what what's called xenophobia at large here. You know, with the with the local Austrians kind of looking down at the new Germans in town. Blah blah blah. So. So you do have to deal with a little bit of that, but very, very little. Thankfully, they don't really harp on that. Um, eventually, our older brother meets a girl. Uh, Sabine is her name or Sabine. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. But um, uh, basically, neighborhood girl. She seems to be a little bit of an outcast herself. Not in the sense that she's like goth or a loser or anything. Just that, you know, she looks at these at the group of bullies as like, you know, exactly what they are. Just a bunch of jerks who, you know, uh, have no real value in this society right now. Um, and of course, like I said, Hendrick and Sabine end up kind of getting closer um, through the mystery of what's actually happening in this house. After Hendrick and Eddie and his mom move into the house, uh, different people in the neighborhood start asking them about their experience in the house like have you seen the ghost yet like fritz actually as soon as he meets him literally just busts out with have you seen the ghost yet like just very nonchalant i did like the fritz character he is still a trope don't get me wrong but for whatever it's worth maybe because the movie's in german and you know he was just like th this cute little kid who's probably going to grow up to be an absolute ladies man by the way yeah. <laughs> based, based on the way that he interacts with certain girls in this movie uh yeah, the boy has no fear so I, you know i'll give him that but of course he's the little short thin kind of nerdy kid glasses you know big teeth um you know who maybe doesn't have a whole lot of friends if if not any friends because literally he kind of clamps himself onto Hendrick as soon as he sees him that first time at the recreational area. 
Uh, and then, like I said, throughout uh, the next uh, bit of the movie, we start hearing more and more history. As it turns out, the family who lived in that house back in 1980 um, was a mother, father, and their two sons. Um, unfortunately, there was a tragedy. And then, you know, uh, we don't find out what the tragedy is until later in the film. But we do eventually find out that the mother was accused of poisoning her children and then poisoning herself in a murder-suicide type situation. Obviously, as soon as I hear that story, knowing what I'm watching, I'm like, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. I, I, we can already tell what's going to happen. Uh, so, you know, mm -hmm. as the movie goes along, the mystery is kind of, you know, the kids start to unravel the mystery. They go to the housekeeper that was working with them before the children died back in 1980. They interview her, but she tells them, no, it could, it definitely wasn't me. I left um, that job well before the children died. So she's like our first red herring. And we do get multiple red herrings in the film, too, of course, as any good murder mystery does or scream movie. And, um, so, like I said, she's our first red herring, and the kids kind of decide, well, if she wasn't at the house, she probably didn't do it. But then one of them, I think the girl, comes up with the realization that, wait a minute, uh, if the kids died after you quit, does that mean that they hired someone else? And then the mystery kind of, they go down that path now to try to find who the uh, who the new uh, housekeeper was and caretaker um, after this particular woman left uh, that you know what, it, it, it cracks me up as like the movie's going along and they're like putting together the story and figuring things out I'm just like if you guys are all as curious about it like you could ask these questions before these new people move to the house kind of because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you know other people live there because I think someone made the comment like oh we'll see if they last longer than like the uh, yeah, previous exactly. tenants or whatever and I'm like man hey neighborhood kids you were this curious about this this whole time and that lady was there that you could have asked at any time yeah. <laughs> but I guess uh with the mm -hmm. new guy in town you it just sparked the uh, ultimate interest. Um, yeah. And the, the other thing, and like as you're going through it, something I was going to mention in general thoughts, because it's not really a spoiler, just kind of like a general idea of like the feel of the movies. It feels very like as far as how the story goes and unfolds and how it wraps up, it feels very Scooby-Doo like just without Scooby-Doo. Yep. Like the way <laughs> it's kind of like that neighborhood murder mystery where like, yes, bad stuff was going on. And uh yeah, it's like it's like nope. Then the real killer is, and then you get like the reveal. Um, yeah. Just no scared dog running away from ghosts, but otherwise nope. it, it kind of had that feel. No dog at all. Go figure. A mm -hmm. horror movie with no know. pet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know. Um, now uh, Mike mentioned the useless character. I assume he was talking about Sabine, the girl. Because um, at first it really does seem like she's just nothing but a love interest, that she's not really adding anything. But then um, what ends up happening is one night, uh, Eddie, the little brother, uh, walks into Hendrick's, uh, his older brother's bedroom and starts drawing something on the wall. And he's speaking in a language that he doesn't understand, that, that both the little brother and the big brother are not familiar with. So, of course... There's possessed little brother speaking in tongues. That's that's horror trope number four hundred and eleven. Um, he ends up uh, videotape or excuse me, he ends up recording it on his uh, phone. He takes a video of it 
and ends up showing Fritz the next day. Fritz uh, recognizes that it's Slovenian. The language that's being spoken is Slovenian, which is the language that the previous family, the, the murder-suicide family, that's what they spoke. Um, and that's when Fritz says, oh, yeah, I've got a, I, I've got a friend who uh, might understand a little bit of Slovenian. And that, of course, is when we're introduced to Sabine. And then she's the one who basically uh, translates what the little brother's saying. And he's basically saying uh, mother, murder, innocent, uh, basically just a series of single words like that. Um, I'm not even sure if those were the exact ones. I know mother and murder were definitely two of them. There, there could have been some innocent. It might have been one of the other words. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, once they make this realization, Fritz, you know, Fritz uh, being the comic relief kind of is like, well, shit, if the, if the little brother is possessing your brother, then I would imagine the big brother is going to possess you eventually. Obviously, Hendrick just kind of blows it off like, yeah, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. But guess what, folks? Fritz was right. <laughs> eventually, uh, both brothers end up being possessed off and on. It's not like there's any major there's like one extended scene with eddie possessed where he's actually like um uh leading uh his his brother and, and the girl and fritz uh to, to a part of the house to reveal you know some other part of the story blah 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 uh they eventually figure out that um the word that the little brother uh kind of etched into the big brother's bedroom wall is goby which in Austrian or German uh, means mushroom. It's basically the word for mushroom. And remember, I told you that the mother was accused of killing her kids and herself with mushrooms. Um, they end up finding a crawl space, like a little, like a hole behind the wall in one of the rooms. Uh, Hendrick reaches his hand in and he pulls out a cookbook for mushrooms. It is a mushroom cookbook, all different recipes that you can make with, uh, you know, different variations of mushrooms here and there. So, of course, this is making the mom, you know, the, the original mom from 1980 look more and more guilty, as is expected in these types of movies. Uh, but then the kids find out who was the temporary caretaker after the main caretaker had quit. And as it turns out, it is the mother of the real estate agent who sold this house to Hendrick and Eddie's mother, uh, a really swarmy scumbag who's like all over the mom pretty much as soon as he takes her in the house. Like he's he's totally talking up the house, lying about you know, how livable it is and things like that. The whole time he's got a shitty grin on his face, you know, like he's trying to, you know, kind of get it on with the mom, if you will. Uh, not too intensely at this part of the movie. Later, as the film goes along, he gets a little bit more pushy with his um, desire for the kid's mom. But, you know, that's not really all that much of a major plot point. Uh, the gist of this whole thing basically is that we find out that, yes, uh, Mr. Rockel, uh, Raquel, or Rockel or Raquel, uh, basically uh, he's the real estate agent. And it, as it turns out, yeah, mom, literally in the first scene that we see mom, she admits that she killed the boys, that she killed the family. And as it turns out, she was sleeping with the woman's husband and she didn't want to kill the children According to her, she thought the kids were supposed to be out of the house. They weren't supposed to be there. Unfortunately, they did end up uh, having dinner with the with their mom that night, and they all died from the poison mushrooms that Mrs. Rockle had, uh, Frau Rockle, as her name is in the film, um, 
you know, poison the entire family by accident. And the reason that the son is kind of introduced in this whole thing is because she admits to him probably very early on, if not right away when it happened, what she did. And he basically keeps his mother in hiding. He doesn't let her leave the house. He basically keeps her in the house. And then once the police kind of make the assumption that it's a murder-suicide, uh, Mr. Rockle figures, okay, well, now my mom is safe, so cool. We can just, you know, live a normal life after that. But, of course, the Scooby-Doo gang moves into town, and, you know, they figure out the mystery, blah, blah, blah. We end up getting kind of a cool, tense little chase throughout, like, uh, an underground area. Like a cave. Like a series of caves. Um mm-hmm. Where Hendrick ends up. Yeah, that was a cool basic, sequence, I think. Exactly, yeah. Um, th- this is basically, you know, at this point, we've already, we already know that Mrs. Rockle is the murderer, the real murderer of the mother and the kids. Um, and uh, Mr. Rockle, the son, is basically now chasing these kids with a shotgun because obviously he's trying to protect his mother. I mean, she looks like she's in her 70s or 80s. I think she's blind. Like, her eyes look kind of glazed over. That's what I thought, yeah. I yeah, thought she, exactly. I thought, that, I thought that that had happened, like, not it just as, like, a, you know, aging thing. Yeah, a cataracts or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so obviously he's he wants to protect his mother, but now these two kids, because the mom flat out, like I said, she flat out admits it. She's like, I didn't want to kill him. It was an accident. And you can see the son like, Mom, shut up. What are you doing? But, you know, Mom is apparently too honest for her own good. That's when we get the chase sequence. Uh, Mr. Rockle chases the kids into the cave, uh, the series of caves. Eventually, uh, they end up falling through a barrier and falling into a deep part of the cave. And at that point, Hendrick gets his leg caught between a couple of rocks. Now, of course, it's raining and the water level is rising in that part of the cave. He eventually sends uh, his little girlfriend, Sabine, to go and get help. She, of course, gets help and in the nick of time is able to get back to the cave just as the water is at the level where it's about to cover Hendrick's head. Uh, We get a little bit of a tense moment where we're not sure if Hendrick's actually alive or not. But then, you know, we get that great reveal of Hendrick and one of the rescue workers kind of walking out of the shadows. And, you know, obviously he's soaking wet. They got a blanket on him, blah, blah, blah. That's our happy ending, and then we get the shot at the end of the movie that I fucking knew they were going to give us. Literally 15 (laughs) to 20 minutes into this movie, I said it out loud. I said, the last shot of this movie is going to be all three of the ghosts at their grave, smiling at the kids, and maybe even giving like an approving nod or something like that. They didn't give the approving nod, but they absolutely did the smile and and vanish thing. And it's like, oh my God, that was the final dagger in my heart of this absolute mess of horror tropes that they threw at us. And like I said, folks, I've said a lot of negative things about this movie, but ultimately it is a very good looking movie and it's a very well-made movie. It's just the story. We've seen it before countless times. I can't tell you how many times we've seen every trope in this movie and countless other supernatural horror movies. I mean, hell, even the reveal of the mother to me felt like uh, the original Friday the 13th. Because if you remember the original Friday the 13th, it's a murder mystery filled with red herrings. But then the killer ends up being someone we never fucking met in the movie. Literally, they show up at the end and they're like, hey, I'm the killer. 
So it's like, it's like, my God, you're even ripping off slashers. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, like I said, if tropes don't bother you, go ahead and check out the movie. It's like I said, it's very well worth seeing. If, if tropes don't bother you and you have kids in like the nine to 13 year old range where they're not quite watching, you know, the exorcist or the shining yet, but you want to kind of introduce them. I think this would be a great movie. Um, you know, right up there with something like the monster squad, the monster squad is probably a little bit more palatable because it's the universal monsters who are, well, no pun intended, kind of universally known. So, you know, uh, but this one, you know, it's a nice solid introduction to haunted house movies to, to a younger audience. Um, Oh, and then then another trope that I did want to point out, and I don't know if you guys remember, I specifically brought this up during our review of The Power and Last Night in Soho, and uh, most recently Last Night in Soho, and that's the trope of spirits haunting people, but with with the intention of getting help from them, not haunting them. Now, this movie isn't nearly as egregious as Last Night in Soho, because if you remember, there was that library scene in Last Night in Soho where literally every time our heroine uh, turned a corner, there'd be a ghost there screaming in her face. And when we finally get the reveal at the end of they were just they just wanted help from her, I'm like, well, why did you scare the shit out of her in the library? This movie, at least, the ghosts don't make an active uh, attempt to scare these kids. Hell, you barely see the ghosts. You want a hundred percent honesty. You barely see them. The best shot you get of the ghost is at the end when they're smiling and kind of giving their approval of thank you. You know, thank you for figuring out the truth because, because then we see that the, uh, the grave site that was all ignored and disheveled um, now is all clean and new with nice pictures of the mom and the boys on the tombstone. So, you know, they, obviously it's a retribution story more than anything. But like I said, it's nothing that we haven't seen before. And I'm sure we'll see it again, unfortunately. But like I said, uh, despite the fact that I spent so much time talking about the negative, there is an audience for this movie. There's an absolute audience for this movie. It's just not me. So that's that's all I can really say about it. I don't I don't really want to say that I hated the movie or I disliked it. It just it was hard to sit through because of all the tropes, because of how predictable it was. And then once the movie ends, it's like, man, I literally could have given up an hour ago and I, and I still could have reviewed this movie with just what I thought was going to happen. So um, I'm not going to say it was a waste of time. Like I said, it's still a very nice looking movie. But yeah, nothing for me personally, ultimately. So that's it for me, guys. Any closing thoughts? Ah, man, you covered it for me. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I I don't mind the cliches uh, it, it did wear on me after a while but I, I i don't know i would i would probably say monster squad would be a better introductory choice i've always said that's like the perfect mm-hmm. introductory horror film ever anyway um i mean the other thing to kind of be worried about with this one is it's an hour and 40 minutes and i don't think a young like nine ten year old is going to have like the patience to sit through that kind of a film, like an 80, 90 minute film would probably be like their limit. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they start getting like a little fidgety and it's like, well, you know, like when, you know, what's, when's, what's going to happen next? Like, let's move on to something else kind of a thing. Sure. I mean, that's like another thing, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's trope filled to the point that you can call this movie beat for beat and be right 80, 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. But 
if, if if that's a bad thing, then you know, like I said, skip it. But if not, go for it. Just beware that that's present. So, <laughs> well said. Yeah, and I'll say I I like the music in it. Um, and I don't yeah. know if it's just because it's not something I'm overly familiar with. So, you know, it was kind of what, like Euro pop almost kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just had a neat sound. But like I said, I, I it's not something I hear a lot. So as opposed to like, you know, American horror movies when they use like our pop music and I'm just like, Ugh. but maybe because it's you know, German or Austrian or whatever. And it's it has a little bit of a different sound to it. That sounds kind of new. I wouldn't say new. I've heard it before in other, you know, European movies, but I don't hear it as frequent. It's not something like, you know, I dial up on Spotify or YouTube all the time to listen to. So maybe it's just the um, unfamiliarness of it made it kind of catchy to me. But I, I did like that. But otherwise, yeah, I think I think we pretty much covered everything. It's a it's a very run of the mill movie. I would say well done, but run of the mill. So yeah, 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 perfect, cool. All right, so that's going to wrap up the scary house for this episode, but let's find out what else we have. So, Venom, we'll start with you. All right, well, I can say, I can say finally, officially, Creature Comforts Episode 5 is out and available. Uh, as I mentioned last week, we looked at 1966's uh, The Island of Terror out of the UK, and we had a quick discussion on some of the new creature features and kaiju films that are coming out in 2022 uh it's actually a really quick episode so go ahead it's probably the shortest episode we've ever done so if you're into quick listens then this will be it for you so check it out um and honestly i think that's all we have right oh we oh we recorded the main show oh the, yeah that's right you put out the main show last week that was episode 41 where we looked at yeah. Mike, we yeah we looked at Mike's uh, choices of body parts and Mad Love from 1935, starring Peter Lorre. Awesome, awesome movie. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, so that's available also, and then of course, Fresh Cuts uh, every week you get a new episode. So that probably won't change unless there's a lull in horror releases. And unfortunately, that's it for me. Still nothing on the underwater kaiju front and still nothing from the in the mic of madness front. So it's just a lot of no more room in hell for me right now. So that's it, Mike. All right. I'll kick it over to Don. Uh, what new episodes do you have for people to listen to? All right. Um, as mentioned, Creature Comforts is available. Uh, check that one out. That was a lot of fun. I definitely enjoyed revisiting that one. Um, a new episode of my main show, the Horror Countdown Podcast. Um, I looked at 10 films you might have missed. And uh, truth be told, I can probably do that episode 20, 30 times over and uh, still run still run a run off uh fresh material for you because <laughs> there's always uh stuff you may have missed but uh this was just 10 stuff that came to mind um uh, check that one out uh, i can say that one of the uh guest appearances has been finalized i will be joining bo on again on uh, the dark parade i will be looking at uh one of my favorite films and actually uh coincidental uh it was actually a film on the list um that i mentioned so spoiler alert for that but it's only one out of the ten so <laughs> um i will be looking at uh the vampire doll uh the Woo! yeah the uh japanese made hammer vampire tribute 
So, uh, think that good one. I like it. Oh yeah, awesome. I, I, yeah, I love all three of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that one I think should be the last episode of February, if I remember what Bo's Bo told me. But I remember more the recording date more than uh, the other incidental notes. So, um, th- it won't be available yet, but it should be out. I think. I think he said it's the last episode of February, so um, it should be available then. But um, still working on finalizing the other two. Um, I can, um, I do have uh, confirmation on the topics, but um, we're still trying to uh, work out dates and scheduling and such, so can't say much more for that. But um, hopefully I'll uh, be able to announce them sooner rather than later. Uh, but other than that... Um, all I got on my end. Cool. Uh, yeah, so as far as I go, nothing currently out that hasn't already been mentioned. I am scheduled to record with Bo for one of his shows. I, I don't, I can't remember if it's the actual Dark Parade that it's for or one of it, because he has a, yes. you know, a bunch of offshoot shows too. Yeah, it's, I'm Dark be, it's Dark Parade. It's the gate, right? Yeah, the gate. Yeah, that's Dark Parade. Um, yeah, I believe that's I, – I think he was saying it's for March, but, yeah. I'll, you know, it, it's upcoming. Um, so cover – I signed up for that one because the gate is, you know, one of my favorites from childhood, and uh, I, I still enjoy it. So it'll be an interesting conversation um, to see because I have no idea what Bo thinks of it. Um, <laughs> but I, I know me and Bo are, like, similar in age, so maybe he – grew up with it as well but we'll get into all that on the episode i'm sure and then other than that yeah we have uh, another episode of the main show scheduled to record in a couple weeks it's funny because we originally scheduled it for this coming up sunday not realizing it was a super bowl and that there's uh-huh. nothing that could happen oh. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that was just our mess up we're not realizing it was that day um so we just pushed it back a week but so that should be coming up and then yeah fresh cuts will keep churning out plenty of stuff out there now despite nothing theatrical you know so oh yeah there's always stuff out there yep we'll jump on something for next week but other than that that's gonna do it for this episode so thank you everyone for listening uh 2022 is off to a decent start i would say so we'll see um this let's see what this was was this was last week no so this is the second episode of I, I don't know. Uh, last week was the 31st when we recorded, so I guess I would still count that as a January episode since we technically recorded it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we're into the second month of 2022 for Fresh Cuts already, so we'll see where the rest of the month takes us. But until then, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Let's say bye to the listeners. Later. Adios. Get your booster shot, damn it. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>